Welcome to the Grace at a Glance podcast from Grace Church of Linnets and Grace Creative. We are a Jesus church where the gospel is central, where we love Jesus, build people, and lead revival. Thanks for joining us. our teaching series called Ask Anything. And if you have a Bible or a Bible app, I would encourage you to open up to Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24. And if you don't want to go there, you can also go to Luke chapter 18. I'll be referencing both pieces of scripture this morning. And I believe it would be to your benefit to mark those off and to remember them this week because they are critical to how we are to have a praying life as followers of Jesus. You know, last week I got stuck in one of those terrible, abysmal uh, Facebook reel holes where you scroll video after video after video. I'm not sure if anybody else has ever found themselves in that spot. Uh, But before you know it, 45 minutes went by. But I'm glad that I got stuck there because I saw the most fascinating video. I saw a video of a polar bear in Russia at a Russian research station. This polar bear had a tin can stuck around its lower jaw. And you could tell that it was cutting into its tongue and jaw area. And the polar bear, as a result, had a really unusual encounter. It saw these researchers, and you can see the polar bear indicate to these researchers to come over. When they don't, he walks up onto the the, uh, deck of their research station, and he pretty much sticks his mouth out asking for help to get that tin can off. And so the researcher puts his hand down there and he begins to do the whole removing of the can. And what you see is this bear that is clearly emaciated, uh, is a, a lot of pain, clearly a lot of pain, was probably not able to eat for a long period of time, and my guess is was on the verge of death. And so because this polar bear found itself on the verge of death, the desire to live was so strong it caused the polar bear to act rather abnormally and seek help from a source it would usually look at as food. And it went up to the researchers and they helped the polar bear remove the can. And at the end of the video, they do a little follow-up. The polar bear lived this really, really wonderful life. Awesome story, right? Fun story. But as I was watching that happen, I began to think to myself, how often is it that we know people who wait until the, on the verge of emotional or spiritual death before they reach out to God and finally ask him to intervene. Every movie you've ever watched, I watched Bruce Almighty last week with one of my girls, and there's that famous scene where he finally gets on his knees and he reaches up to God and says, God, finally step in and help. A lot of people wait until they're at the moment of the, like the worst moment of their life before they reach out and ask God to step in. Now, Christians, uh, you have access to God the Father. You don't have to wait that long. In fact, I would dare say it's a sin if you as a follower of Jesus wait until you think your prayer request is so bad that God finally needs to hear it. One of the reasons that God sent his son down to earth to identify with you and I is so that when he made access to the throne room of God through the death on the cross is that we'd be able to go in and ask God anything. That's what John 14, 13 is all about. It's been our key passage of the entire scripture that you can ask anything in Jesus' name because of the work that he did on the cross of God the Father. And if we wait 
to deem it necessary or more important or, or finally bad enough to take it before God, I would wager to say that we're in sin. And as a Jesus church, if we are a Jesus church, there should be no opportunity where we are silent when somebody in the church says, do you have any prayer requests? I've been in a lot of small groups. I've been in a lot of church functions. And you maybe have been in a couple of these as well where it's at the end of the night. And it's like, hey, uh, does anybody have any prayer requests? And it's just crickets. Jesus didn't die so that you could be silent when it comes time for prayer requests. He died so that you can have a vocalized expression of desire to God the Father in any area of your life. And you can share that with other believers and bring it before him. Because when we bring it before the Lord, as you learned last week, and if you haven't watched this series, please watch it online. Every prayer request you submit in Jesus' name gets one answer, and the answer is yes. Yes, my will will be done. God's will will be done in any area of your life when you submit it to him. From the trivial to the significant. And I challenged our church, and I think there's a slide of this prayer. I want to put it on screen. That I would love for you to pray this prayer over your prayers. It says, Lord, show me how to pray this prayer request, whatever my prayer request is, in a way that brings you the most glory. And are my slides not working? Come on, team, we've got 12 slides. <laughs> if they don't work, that's okay. I'll find a way to get them to you later. Just listen really well. When we bring our prayers quest before the Lord, from trivial to significant, and we pray them in such a way as to bring God the most glory, the answer is yes, my will will be done. Now, I encourage you to write down one of your prayer requests, and some of you have been sharing your requests with me, whether they've been answered or not answered, because you want to celebrate and let me hear what God's been doing. But I want to share with you one prayer request that God did answer, because this is really a fun prayer request. A couple of months ago, Pastor Dave, our youth pastor, began to have this dream in his heart that he wanted to have a community-based outreach event called the Turkey Bowl. Now, we did the Turkey Bowl last year, and it was a really good thing, and it was really mostly Grace Church and some of their friends, but he wanted a community, a community event, something that everybody would know about, and you couldn't avoid it no matter where you were if you lived in the area of Lidditz or Mannheim. And God put that desire in his heart, so he began praying, God, let me have a real community event. And just a week ago, last, or actually last Thursday, in our staff meeting, we were talking, and Dave, Dave was really upset. Because there only was 149 kids registered for the event. And he really, in his heart, had this number of 300. And so he was 151 people shy of the number in his heart that he felt like God had given him to really have a community event. And so as a staff, all of us began to pray. And we said, Lord, in Jesus' name, if it's your will, if it brings you glory, would you let us have 300 students here for that Turkey Bowl outreach event? And over the course of those eight days, from the time that we prayed on Thursday till the event that happened this last Friday, we saw the number continue to grow. And it was 20 more people one day, and 15 more people another day, then 30 more people one day. And God got us all the way to the point of 330 students registered for the Turkey Bowl on Friday night. Isn't that cool? You know, sometimes when we pray those prayers, we submit them in Jesus' name, God gives us exactly what we ask for, and sometimes he gives us just a little bit more, just to let us know that he's in control and that he loves us, that he already has an answer planned for us. And some of you in this room, you have been waiting on your prayer requests. 
You took me seriously two weeks ago. You wrote down that prayer request. You've been praying, and you've not yet had an answer from the Lord. Others of you, you've already received an answer from the Lord, and maybe it was exactly what you wanted, or maybe it was very different than what you wanted, but here's what I want you to do, and what I'm encouraging everybody in this room, online, or if you're out in the video cafe, to do something for me. Take your prayer requests, write it down on that yes card in front of your seat, if you have it. If you don't have a yes card in front of you, you also have the Church Center app. There's a prayer request portion there. And I want you to share with us, if you're willing... The prayer request that the Lord has put on your heart. That one thing that you want to submit to the Lord so that you can see him most glorified in. You can do it now. You can do it anytime during the sermon. You can do it after this message. Whenever you do it, I don't care. But I want to see them because while you're praying your one prayer request, wouldn't you want the staff or our prayer team or other people also praying their prayer request? I know that I would want more people praying for the thing I'm deeply praying about. So if you've got that time, take whatever it is, write it down, put it in your church center app, submit it to us. We want to lift that thing up in prayer. And here's why we want to lift it up in prayer. God does not expect you to wait until it hurts so bad to pray. He asks you to pray and then wait. That's what he wants from you. He wants you to pray and then wait. But listen to Isaiah chapter 65. Here's why he wants you to do that. Isaiah 65, 24 tells us this. Before they call, I will answer. Before, while they are still speaking, I will hear. Now the they in this passage is not a they, it's actually a you. When Isaiah wrote this passage, he wrote it to the nation of Israel. And Isaiah 65 is a prophetic passage. God is telling the nation of Israel, there will be a people that come after you. A people I have chosen. A people I have made my very own children. And God did that through Jesus 2,000 years ago. And if you're in Christ, that they is you. So before you call, God will answer. While you are speaking, God is still hearing. There's two words you need to look at in this passage. The first word is before. Before you even feel prompted to pray, God knows it. God is speaking to his omniscience, his ability to know all things in all things throughout all multiverses and experiences and or decisions. God knows all of it. God knows it. So before you even are prompted to pray, God is fully aware of the entirety of the circumstance in which you have been in. God is declaring his knowledge of it, but he's also declaring his power over it. Because if he knows in advance the thing you're going to ask for, he can already have a solution for it. So before you ever ask the very thing, God already has a solution in the works from eternity past about the prayer request that you want to submit over to him. Before, he knows it. Here's what I love about the word before as well. Because he already knows it, there's no fear in bringing any of your prayer requests before the Lord. Uh, there's a lot of times in my life where I want things. And I, I go to the people that have the thing that I want and I want to ask them for it. Maybe I need to ask for help or I'm going to ask to borrow something. Uh, and I always have a little bit of fear and trepidation. Have you ever had that at moment? We're like, I'm going to ask, but what if they say no? Right? You're afraid of the response. In God, because of who he is, because of his omniscience, he already knows what you're going to ask. And because he already knows, he's already been working on a solution, and there's really no fear in going before God and saying, Lord, I really have this deep desire in my heart, and I want to share it with you. David, who wrote the book of Psalms in Psalm 138, says this, Even before there's a word on my tongue, before I can even utter it, O Lord, you know it all. God knows and he is anticipating that you will bring him your request because he has a custom solution made just for you. The second thing that I want to point your attention to is the word they call. 
So before they call, before indicates everything that God already knows, but they call indicates the fact that you did pray, that you will, in Jesus' name, reach out to God the Father. And God wants you to call out to him. God wants you to ask to him because God wants you to know that he is hearing you. That's what Isaiah 65 is all about, that when you call, God is hearing you and therefore he's at work. While you are still speaking, you will know that I will hear you. Here's why this is so important. Our God is a living God. And we live in a world that will tell you there are many gods, there are many religions, there are many belief systems, many faith systems. And that all of these systems are equal inside of one another's eyes. But the reality is, the message of the Christian is that our God is a living God. And every other entity or religion or faith system that you go to or send good vibes out of the universe, all those things, they fall on deaf ears. There's nobody to hear that. There's nobody that's going to respond to any of that. Our God is a living God. So when you call, the reason that he asks you to call before he answers the prayer is because he wants you to know he hears you. He wants you to know that he's alive. He wants you to know that he's for you. No other deity or religion has the same sort of expectation or desire that their God would hear. God is affirming in this whole passage that before you ask it, he knows it. And because he already knows it, he has an answer to it. And when you ask it, he therefore hears it. And when you see him answer it, you know that he's living. And because he is living, you will worship him. Give me another one of those. There we go. I'm an interactive preacher, by the way. If you don't give me verbal feedback, I will ask for it, uh, in case you don't know what that is. Ten years ago, I had the privilege of going to a country called Burkina Faso. It's in West Africa. I was there with the care and missions pastor of the church that I was serving at. His name was Bill. And Bill and I were deep in the jungle. We had been there for about eight, nine days. And one morning, I think it was our eighth day, I woke up, and I was tired, and I had been sick uh, from various things. The only thing that I had eaten in the last eight days were crickets and goat and water that was warm, and it was nasty, and I was tired. And there was a fire there, and Bill was there, and I walk over to the fire, and I just, I mean, I just whispered it. And I was like, Lord, I could really use a cup of coffee. And Bill's eyes went wide, and he reached into his bag, and he pulled out two Starbucks Via coffee packets. (laughs) And he said, I completely forgot that I brought these with us. (laughs) I was like, wow. You see, the Lord knew before I ever even asked that prayer that I would want to ask that prayer at some point in time. And somehow in his majesty and knowledge, Bill completely forgot that he had it inside of his packet. See, God had prepared an answer. He was just waiting for me to ask for it. And as I asked for it, God provided the solution. Now, he provided for a solution for something that was very, very trivial, like a cup of coffee in the jungle. But he's also provided solutions for significant spiritual things like 330 kids coming to the turkey bowl on a Friday. God is in control of the trivial and the significant. And before we ever even ask whatever it is on our hearts, he already has a solution to it. But he wants you to ask so that you know that he has heard you so that you will glorify him when he answers. Now, Jesus can answer all of our prayers And God can answer all of our prayers because God the Father, in his wisdom and knowledge, allowed Jesus, his son, to come down to earth and take on human flesh. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 tells us this. Therefore he, Jesus, 
had to be made like his brothers, that's you and me, in every single respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God. Jesus' humanity allows him to anticipate and know your every need because he had the full human experience from that cup of coffee deep in the jungle to seeing a loved one profess faith in Jesus because he'd been praying for them. He understands all the human desires because he lived as a human. And as a result, he can mercifully and faithfully minister to each one of your prayer requests. You see, he has answers ready. He's just waiting for you to ask. And friends, he doesn't want you just to ask once. It's not just like throw it up there and say, Lord, I'm asking you one time and then I'm done. Jesus tells his disciples, ask repeatedly. This is Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Jesus decides to tell his disciples a parable about a woman who asks an unjust judge for justice. And before Jesus tells the story, he tells them why he's going to tell them the story. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. I'm going to tell you the story to show you that you should always pray and never give up. Well, that's convenient. Now I know why you're telling me the story. I should always pray and never give up. And so there's a woman who wants justice. But the judge in her territory is an unjust man who never gives justice to the victims. Knowing this, daily, obsessively, relentlessly, this woman goes to the unjust judge, knocking on his door, begging for a just answer. Eventually, the unjust judge becomes afraid of the woman. He's actually terrified for his own life. I have a crazy, obsessive stalker woman knocking on my door every day for the same answer. If I don't give her a just answer, she might kill me. That's what the judge thinks. And so the judge rules a just answer in her favor. And then Jesus concludes the parable this way. If an unjust judge is willing to rule justly after being pestered over a period of time because he was afraid, then wouldn't a just God, the holy God, your king, your Lord, your Savior, wouldn't he answer you with justice much more quickly because you're his child and he loves you? Of course he would. Of course he would. Why, why would he delay in bringing you an answer to the question that you so deeply have inside of your heart? And Jesus tells his disciples, Learn that lesson. This is verse 6. Learn the lesson. That's what he tells them. To not stop asking and coming before the Lord with your requests. At the very end of the parable, Jesus ends it this way. When the Son of Man returns, because he is going to come back one day. When Jesus returns, will he still find faith on earth? Jesus correlates us relentlessly asking God the Father the same prayer request again and again as an act of faith. We do that because here's the reality. We wouldn't go before God and ask him the same thing again and again and again if we really thought he couldn't do it. I mean, if you really believe that God wasn't listening and God couldn't do it, would you even bother asking a bunch of times for the same thing in a row? Of course you wouldn't. You would say God doesn't care, God's not listening, God's absent, God's distant. But because he cares and because he listens, and if we believe that, we can go before God the Father relentlessly asking the same thing again and again, and it doesn't bother God at all. In fact, God thinks it's an act of faith because he says, wow, you really do believe I can't do this. Because somebody who didn't believe it wouldn't bother doing that kind of behavior. They wouldn't bother with the work. But when we really believe God can do it, when we really believe that God already has an answer ready, when you really believe that he wants you to keep asking, our constant prayer is an act of faith before the God, and it brings him more glory. The author of Hebrews in Hebrews 11.6 tells all of this this, It is impossible to please God without faith. 
Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I have to believe that constant prayer being an act of faith, that on occasion the reward that God will give me is my answered prayer. It's an act of faith. I can't please God without it. I go to him with everything I need. I request from him frequently, and then as a result to reward me, he answers my prayers, and I see him at work, and it's a beautiful thing. If we don't believe that God can do this, if we don't go to God constantly and consistently with the same prayer request to the point that you feel like a broken record, then what happens is we can tend to do what Abraham and Sarah did in the book of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 21, it's, actually it's verses 15 through 21, you can read the story. Uh, God, or Abraham really, really wanted a son. And God promised him that he would have a son, but after 13 years of waiting, Abraham still did not have a son. In fact, he had no children at all. His wife Sarah was barren. And so Sarah and Abraham concocted this brilliant scheme that Abraham should have a relationship with Hagar, her concubine, and then Sarah would become the mother of the child that have the relations between Abraham and Hagar. Now, I don't know about you ladies, but uh, if um, my wife found out that I had a child from another woman, it would not go well. And even if she encouraged me to have a child with another woman, the second I brought that child into the house, I'm certain she could not possibly love it because it stands as a reminder of my personal infidelity, even if she encouraged me to do it. It is just a bad idea. Just a bad idea. But they decided because they couldn't find an answer, that God wasn't answering, that he wasn't listening, they would go ahead and have this relationship and try to figure it out on their own. Well, Sarah is so heartbroken over this that eventually she casts out Hagar and Ishmael, the son, from Abraham's camp because she can't stand to be in the presence of this child. God shows up, does a blessing for Ishmael and for Hagar, and then goes back to Abraham because Abraham's heartbroken that his son was kicked out of the house. And God says, will you be faithful if you just wait? I have an answer for you. But did you know that it was 12 more years until Isaac was born? So Abraham and Sarah had to wait 25 years for Sarah to conceive and have the child Isaac. Now here's what's really awesome about this story. God redeems all things. Isaac was a blessing to his mother. So much so she loved him deeply. And I can see in the story that Isaac must have heard this story about his mom and dad. He must have seen it because he knew Ishmael. In fact, the Bible goes on to tell us that Ishmael and Isaac buried Abraham and Sarah together. So uh, we know that they had a relationship. So Isaac would have known exactly how Ishmael came into being. And Isaac would have known that he was an answer to God's prayer for his mother. That he would be a child, that he would be the chosen child of Sarah and Abraham. He knew all these things. So when it comes time for him to have his own child, we see in Genesis 25, 21, it's been on the screen for a little bit, that Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife, Rebekah, because she was unable to have children. As a result, the Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. You see, Abraham and Sarah, instead of pleading with God regularly, which they never did inside the Bible, in fact, God always has to intervene, we have a totally different story with Isaac. He learned the generational lesson. Instead of trying to solve matters of his own, of his own prerogative, he submitted this deep desire to God. And he just didn't submit it once. He pleaded. I love that word, pleaded. He pleaded. He ple it was relentless. It was constant. It was all the time. Every single day of his life, I'm sure, while he would go in and see his wife, Rebecca, and she would be sad that she was infertile, he would then go before God and say, God, please, please open my wife's womb. Please. And he pleaded with her. And not only did he end up with the blessing of a child, 
he ended up with the blessing of twins. See, God answered his prayer, and he gave him actually not just one child, but two children. And from those twins, you get the nation of Israel. And from the nation of Israel, you get the Messiah, and his name is Jesus. And you can trace the Savior of the world, Jesus, all the way back to that one prayer request in Genesis 25, when, when Isaac pleaded with God the Father to give him a son, all the way back there, because Isaac was faithful to plead with God and receive the answer that God had for him, we also have a Savior of the world directly from his line. You cannot underestimate the power of pleading with God through your prayers. It shows your faith in his power. It places you before him daily with your request. He hears you every single time, no matter what it is that you say. He is glorified by your dependence on him. He sees your faith and he rewards it. God is so pleased with your daily submission of all things about everything without ceasing before him. He can't get enough of it. In fact, he would love it if 24 hours a day, 365, you just sat there on your knees before him sharing with him every deep desire of your heart. That would glorify God more than you could possibly know. And so, friends, we're going to do that this morning. This is going to be really uncomfortable, and I'm letting you know that in advance. But it's uncomfortable in a good way. It's like stretching to touch your toes if you can't do it. It's that tension, that pain, but at the end you're like, oh, I feel better, I feel a little more limber. It's that kind of tension, that kind of pain. And we are going to pray together. So where, where's, our, where's our guitars? I need some music for this because it's better with music. We got, run on up here, man. Just run. You didn't even know. I'm calling you up. I'm sorry about that, putting you on the spot. But I need some background music, okay? Background music makes the whole experience a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable for all of us because we're going to pray. <laughs> and we're not just going to pray. Uh, we're going to pray very differently. But we're going to pray this way because it's an act of pleading. Okay, it's pleading. I don't know what's on your heart. I don't know what your one prayer request is, but I've asked you to identify it. And if you've not been with us, it only takes a few seconds to identify one thing you want to bring before the Lord. Identify that one thing. And together, we're going to plead with God that he would give you an answer to your request. And here's how we're going to do this. We're all going to stand. And if you can't stand, that's okay. Stay seated. You don't have to stand if you can't. Now I want you to put your hands out like this. Now interestingly enough, this posture is one of receiving. We expect to receive something. This is not the posture of someone who's pleading. This is where it gets more uncomfortable. This is the posture of somebody who pleads with God. You are reaching to the heavens to bring down the answer. You are reaching to God and you are celebrating and thanksgiving and you are requesting and you are asking and you are submitting. It is just a freedom of expression of release. And so here's what I would like you to do. And it is uncomfortable. We're all going to pray out loud and you're going to plead with God for your one request. Now, it's really interesting. It says we're pleading out loud. You'll realize that your prayer gets lost in the mess. Nobody's going to hear you, I promise. It's like praying inside your head when you're all praying out loud. And we're going to plead with God out loud for that one thing that's inside of our heart. Now, you're all going to hear mine because I have a microphone on. I'm going to turn myself off. Let's plead together. 
people said, amen. You may be seated. I know it's hard and uncomfortable, and if you never come back again, I understand. <laughs> we don't do that every Sunday if you're visiting. Maybe we should, I don't know. We have a God who encourages you to come before him in all things without ceasing. He promises you that he hears you, and as a result, he will answer you. Would you receive this blessing, and then we'll be on our way. Lord, you've known and you've heard and you've seen the hearts of your people. Would you show them your faithfulness with an answer to the requests? We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hosting for this podcast has been brought to you by Anchor from Spotify. Our intro and outro song is Creative Mind by Ben Sound. From all of us here at Grace Church, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.